Jesus. Gracious God, as we come to survey the wondrous cross, we do so by attending to your word. Open our ears, open our hearts, that we might hear from you, your risen living voice through this, your word. Help us understand the wondrous cross this day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As a Jewish boy, Jesus would have memorized Psalm 22. Often, Psalms in their entirety would be referenced by just saying the opening line of the psalm. I invite you to consider that as you think about how Jesus cried this opening line of Psalm 22 from the cross. A psalm, again, he would have known in its fullness. I invite you to appreciate where the psalm goes from that famous opening line and, and what the implications may be for our understanding of that cry. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night and find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our ancestors trusted, they trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and, and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not human, scorned by others and despised by the people. All who see me mock at me. They make mouths at me, they, they shake their heads. Commit your cause to the Lord. Let him deliver. Let him rescue the one in whom he delights. Yet it was you who took me from the womb. You kept me safe on my mother's breast. On you I was cast from my birth. And since my mother bore me, you have been been my God. Do not be far from me, for, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. Many bulls encircle me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like ravening and, and roaring lions. I am poured out like water. And all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My mouth, it's dried up like potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs are all around me. A company of evildoers encircle me. My hands and feet have, have shriveled. 
I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. (laughs) They divide my clothes among themselves. For my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far away. O help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion, from the horns of the wild oxen. You have rescued me. I I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all of you offspring of Israel. For he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever all the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the lord and and all the families of the nations shall worship before him for dominion belongs to the lord and he rules over the nations to him indeed shall all who sleep in the earth bow down before him shall bow all who go down to the dust and i shall live for him Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As God's word from Psalm 22. And now we hear our second reading from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, and chapter 5, verses 7 through 9, as this author uh, articulates uh, some of the implications of Jesus dying upon the cross and, and rising. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet is without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and and supplications with, with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, and, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
I think it can often seem a strange and, and perhaps even painful thing that all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they take an extended amount of time to tell the story of Jesus' betrayal and trial and crucifixion. And then that we have these psalms, like Psalm 22, you heard me read, that spend so much extended time giving voice to pain and suffering. Why does the Bible linger on this? Why do the Gospels linger so long? Cannot we go from, from the Palm Procession to, to Easter Sunday? Uh, why must we pause slow for such extended time before the cross? Eli Wiesel was in a Nazi death camp in, in the 1940s and was himself witnessing a hanging and he heard a man come behind him, a man who knew Wiesel was a, a faithful believer in God and the man asked, where's God now? And Wiesel, as he, as he tells the, the story, he hears a voice respond within himself is where is God where is God he is here he is hanging here on this gallows we look upon the cross quite frankly because that is where our God is the cross declares ours is a God who enters the depth of pain and injustice and sin and death he knows the deepest thirsts and longings of our bodies, the place, places of most unquenched pain and longing. He knows the, the remote corners of our existence out there and in here where it seems God has utterly abandoned. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Forsaken us. Mother Teresa, she had a sign placed above the entrance to the chapel of all of her missions around the world, and it read very simply, I thirst, I quench. She understood that precisely because Jesus thirsted, he also quenched thirst. Precisely because he knew the full weight of, of, of forsakenness. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Known at the, at the most painful and sinful depths of humanity, he, he, he is also then an embrace to all who are in that space of forsakenness. Has that not been the case for all of us who have known seasons of, of deep thirst, deep forsakenness? And is not the gift often the person who's also known what it is to thirst and be forsaken who abides in that space? Are not they the ones through whom we often know? Such love. In a world where we rightly do wonder where God is and what God is up to, the gift of Good Friday, the, the gift of scriptures that have us 
linger for quite some time before suffering and pain and the cross itself. The gift of all of it is that it invites us to see again and again the most fundamental response the church has to where God is there. There in the forsakenness, there in the thirsting, there in the betrayal, there in the war, there in the death, there. And in, its, in the midst of it all, also forgiving and, 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 and weeping amidst it all and offering trusting prayer amidst it all. There he is on the cross, there. Loving us, loving this world. May we, the church, come to see and hear and know his presence in the depths this day and in these coming days. And may we, the body of Christ on earth, may we be a people who do not shy away when we see others in the depths. May we walk and sit and weep with them, knowing we hardly have all the answers, hardly know what to say, hardly know what to do, but we do know one thing. The cross is where the body of Christ goes. And by some miracle, we can hardly articulate, right there in the, in the total depths of forsakenness and thirst and betrayal and darkness, right there, there will be a rising. Amen.